Church. Um, youth tonight, we're going to be out at the Hudson Farm from 5 to 8. And uh, just if you have not let me know by now, please let me know. So we maybe we have enough food for you. Um, men discipleship. Listen carefully on this one, guys. We're trying to start a men discipleship group, and we're going to meet about that on the 29th, which is two Wednesdays away. So we just, uh, after church that evening, we stay here in the sanctuary, uh, and we, we've got uh, Anna Buckingham in and, and Darren Wilson and some other guys that are, that are heading that up. So that'll be the, the 29th after the Wednesday night service. Um, this coming Wednesday, no no worship service Wednesday night, uh, no meals, and that's what uh, Thursday is Thanksgiving and Peyton's birthday. So y'all make sure to enjoy Thanksgiving and, and send her a text on her birthday. We want to say happy Thanksgiving.
And they talked about how he was excited to be in Jesus' church and church. And so the change that we see is Jesus all over the world. The American History Board says that statistically, by the way, we give the number of baptisms for most of the things just to discover that it's right. There's probably 95 percent of those who call ourselves Christians that we are actively saying have never shared the gospel with anyone. That's what it's down to the church of the gospel. We can prove it. We keep it to ourselves. We're excited about it, but we keep it to ourselves. And we think that this word is only relevant to us if we can make it to ourselves. This word is never made to fit us. We were made to fit it. We were made to fit this word and to, to use it and to teach it. And a healthy church, according to us, is, is, is a missionary church, not particularly a denomination, but a church that is never content keeping the message inside the world. A healthy church is one that's implementing discipleship, has ongoing community engagement. We focus on worship, and we're not talking about the style. And I heard Adrian Rogers say that people were talking about, oh, my, my, my worship, where I attend, I worship is born. Adrian Rogers said, no, your church service may be born. But if you worship in God, it is born And it is not about style. It is about opening our hearts and worshiping God. Uh, a healthy church has true biblical fellowship. It's focused on prayer, and it has an intentional purpose of starting gospel conversations, it's discipleship, it's servant leadership, it's community, it's having a vision. And Paul says to these folks, your faith is being echoed around the world. The word of the Lord sounded forth to you, he said. Well, I don't know, I want to say right up front here before I do some other things. I'm thankful today for you, for the fact that you have sounded forth the gospel to the world. Now, it may not have gone all along the, the entire globe, but to our world. The number of texts, the number of emails, the number of calls, the number of personal visits, people I've had from across this state, and friends that I have in other states who have called to say, I'm praying for First Baptist Alabama. How are they doing? And it was exciting to be able to say, they're hurting, but they haven't found the place that they need. They continue to sound forth the gospel. They're continuing to say, our God reigns. So you are echoing the gospel. And I, I want to say that up front, and I probably said it a couple other times, but, but just to let you know that when, when I say I'm thankful for your echoing, you are the church that I'm thankful for, and Paul was thankful for this church. You know, there are lots and lots and lots of messages going around the world today about different churches and different divisions that most of them do not even include the gospel. Saving grace of Jesus Christ and how He can take care of us, and they don't proclaim anything that that saves us. They don't proclaim that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And because for some reason Satan has been able to deceive us, 
we would rather believe a lie than the truth. Those churches are doomed. And the Jews, whatever you want to be, what you were looking for to be. But this church, and you and many others, sound and thank the gospel that Jesus is the only way. As Robert has commented, says Paul writes that the word of the Lord sounded forth from the Thessalonians. And he says, What does that mean? It comes from a Greek word, ex echo, which means to sound forth. The sound of a trumpet. Or like a rolling thunder, it reverberates. It's like an echo. It's like a brass instrument, and it moves, and the sound covers everything. That sound is forth the gospel, folks. And what Paul is saying here is that if we live a life for Christ, we will sound forth the gospel. People are hearing. People are looking. People are watching. Everything that we do, and people are also thinking, and Jesus came back as the gospel of our humiliation. Now, I haven't told you how thankful I am for you, but I'll ask this question. Do you need some help? Do you need some help? Well, I have a, I have a blank drawn into my notes. Doesn't need to think about revitalizing and being healthy and doing the things. And you, you could name any church you went to from the largest church in the Southern Baptist Convention to the smallest. It's always, when we're working towards the perfection that Jesus calls us to work towards, we've got to be working as well as we go. But we still continue to sound for the echo. There's, there's an old that says, uh, they have a lot of the kids, but the old kidney proverb says, I want to be so full of Christ that when a mosquito bites me, he flies away soon to hide in the hills. That sounds important to gospel, folks. That's making a difference where you live. That's doing the things that we are, are called to do specifically to make a difference in everything that's said and done. This word sound forth and make an echo. I, I, I like history. So, reading uh, some about, especially Civil War, and, and they, they talked about cannon fire and how that sometimes when there's, there's so much fighting going on, those people maybe just within a mile or two from the cannon fire, they might could see the, the blast of the cannon and fire, but they might not hear it. It's a, now trust me, I had to, you know, I'll tell you a story about Jerry Fisher. I was getting ready to graduate in Houston and graduate one Saturday and marry the prettiest woman ever created the next Saturday. I needed to graduate, okay? I needed, now, you can children, don't take this as an example, okay? All I needed was a D. A D, that's all I had to have. 
And so the Greek professor, Dr. David Irving, uh, as in those days, we knew the professor was far more of a grade teacher as a tenure teacher than the professor himself. I was studying in the cafeteria at the community campus. Some of us were studying. Matter of fact, for another final in Dr. Irving's, one of his classes, he was from deep south Mississippi. One of my favorites, one of my father's individuals. And I saw him too many But I just kept saying, I always, I always up there. I always, They had a fish, they had nights where he could only see your name. You know, he could, he had a fish that he said, you got a fish. I was so excited. I was, Dr. Irving, I, I, I made a bee. And uh, he, he said, Daddy, I did not say you made a bee. I said, you got a bee. And that's all I needed to know. I was going to be the PSU director at Union and working there. So that fall, I went back to Dr. Irving's office. And I said, Dr. Irving, I, I, I waited all summer. I think that, I think that, Certificate might not yet be It's already done. They can't take it back now. What happened? He said, Larry, why don't I take you around to the campus? And he said, You need to be in place of the dangerous ministry to take the property. He said, Just let me apply. And I will give you a certificate. And if you do, I will trust you with the property. So I'm thankful for books that told me that this word is a perfect past tense. Which means that it took place here in the past, and it continues to reverberate until the past is no longer. An example of that is found in Hebrews chapter 11, where it says of Abel, after he had given his gift to God, God found it perfect and named him righteous. And it says that though Abel be dead, yet he speaks peace. The faith of Abel, the testimony of his righteousness, still is one that we can look at today. And so this church was reverberating. They were echoing the gospel to Macedonia, to Achaia, to every place they went. People were hearing that Jesus saved. And Paul was thankful. He was excited over the fact that they had God was making such a difference in the world that they lived in. But see, we're, sometimes if we're not careful, we're so afraid that we might offend someone with the gospel. Let me tell you something, folks. I would rather offend someone here on earth and have possibly the opportunity to share Jesus with them and see them make it to heaven than to be afraid to say anything to them and allow them to go to hell and curse me for that repentance that I did not have. If they're not there, I may be offended at what they say. How do I understand the sound force of gospel? Even in those places where they tell us that we're not to preach, even in those places where they tell us we're not to do our, our miracles, even in those places where we know it's going to be tough for us, we are to sound force the gospel. Is what Paul is saying to us to this church in Thessalonica. What's the next thing? 
ask myself that question. I, I hope that I have an echo with my wife that at the day of my funeral, she will be able to stand or sit close to the, to the coffin. And if, if she has to, I'm convinced she's coming to me. We have a huge time right now. I think she's going to keep her back there and I'm going But that she will be able to stand there and the people say, God, she will be able to say, This is a, the youngest grandson. I think I told you this before, but uh, one of the other guys. Friday, I was going into another room in the house to do something, and I heard Will say, Pop, I'm following you. the 79 churches that I get the privilege of serving at the local mission, you'll see that our trials just are came to follow Jesus. And I want you to do the same thing. Whatever that calls for you in each church is different. We just need to do what God wants us to do. I hope that I'm out and about as hard as it is for me not to blow my horn and do some things in the car. I hope when I'm out and about in the world, people will see and say, oh, yeah, that is a nice picture I can't tell you what I'm going to do. I need to stand and see our going crazy. I hope that when they go there, they leave the city. Associate, and I consider one of my best friends. Good 
at work on this picture a few days ago because my face was like this for two or three years. I really expected me to be up on the screen. This is David. This is a true story. Happened a few years back, a place called Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, where Pastor Jim Sigler is the pastor there in Brooklyn. And after a busy weekend of Easter services, the Brooklyn Tabernacle Lucy Night, it's an old theater that was years ago. I don't even know how many people it holds, but starting Friday night and Saturday night, and three or four services on Sunday for Easter, they had services. And Jim Sigler would preach at each one of those services. And the final service, the last Easter service, he's giving an invitation, and there, I think the theater, so there, the stage is up here. Sigler says he, 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 he had given the invitation. They had volunteers and counselors working and the people. And he just went to the stage and sat down, dangling his feet, still encouraging people to come forward. And said so he looked out maybe in this little aisle, about the third or fourth row back. There was a guy sitting there. He could tell he looked back there that day. No shoes, filthy, and just, and he said, he's looking all around. There's nothing unusual. He said that they would have homeless in their services. So he thought this is another homeless guy. He's really getting over him and be on his way. So so the guy was looking at him and just to say, hey, can you make me back to my service? And the motion, he got down. I know he did not be stayed on the platform, but the guy came to him and standing right there in the hill side of the Sigler said when he got close to him, within five feet of him, he looked smelly and there was smell in his mouth. Sweat, alcohol, living on the street, and everything was just all of it came together. And he said it was so bad that he would turn this way and take a break and then exhale and talk to him and his family. So he talked to him for a little bit and asked him his name. Asking the extreme highlights of this guy, flipping him on the bed and stuff like that. And Sigler kind of realized, you know, this is what he wants to do, give me money. So he said he reached in his back pocket and he took a money slip and just pulled it out and said, give the guy $2 just to go buy some more wine on that Friday night. And as he opened his money slip, the guy went, I don't, I don't need to know. I don't have really any hope of doing anything else but living on the streets the rest of my life. And Silva said, So why are you here? He said, I came out to find out the new house and get back to you. I may die on those streets, but I at least want to know that I may be Sigler said that the Spirit of God just came over him and he began to weep. But he could hear God saying to him, You you tried to make all kinds of excuses. You tried to make this an easy thing. You didn't give that guy some money and get him on his way and get him out of here. Sigler said he began to say out loud, 
please forgive me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. David stood there and simply said, he really didn't know what was going on with him. He knew that David said he was going to be too. He began to be heartbroken. And they both began to be angry. And as if David seen him crying, heard him, and he reached out and put his arms around him too and began to hold him in and, and say, I, I, I don't know what's going on with you, but I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm here for you. What can I do for you? Simba said he was too kind then to compose himself to share the gospel with David. And David became a believer. They, they began to work with him. He began to memorize scripture. Then he spent Thanksgiving and he spent Christmas at Simba's house. And he got a job as a maintenance guy at the church. And he went into the hospital to, to go through detox and came out and he got his teeth fixed and they cut him up. A good six dollar haircut, remember? And and he began to really shine and grow. And after a while, the disciples were preparing for him. Simba asked him to share his testimony with one of the services one night. And Simba said, when David took the mic and began to speak, God said, And today, David. Turns up to the first chapter of one of the other scriptures that we've been having out the head over in New Jersey. David got saved. He went from being willing just to find Jesus so he could die in peace out of his feet. His little family had to go and take care of the Folks, we need to stop being so busy. We need to. Stop looking at what's going on and how busy we are or how tired we are and to realize that we have the opportunity every day. It may not be a day, but we have the opportunity every day to gospel of Jesus. Not just for salvation, but for people who are hurting who may know Jesus. We have the power to echo gospel is infinite more than just salvation. We have the power to share the truth. I say again, thank you for There may be some of you here today that you don't have a Christian because you've never accepted the Jesus that David accepted. You may never have said, Lord Jesus, I believe you. I believe you died for my sins and you were buried and three days later came from the grave. One day you're coming back. I need to give you my heart. I need to give you my life. I need you to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me not only eternal life, but a abundant life. Life worth living. God, I want to give you my life today so that I can echo to my family or to my friends or to someone else. I want to be the one they see Jesus in you. And to say that to God, you know, you may be here today, you don't know Jesus as your Savior. You may be here today, too. The Bible says everyone is a Christian to day of salvation. Did you do that today? Maybe there may be many of you here today 
You know Jesus. You know him as your Savior, but maybe you're struggling with this issue that Dr. Martin Lloyd James said, you can't make much of Jesus and yourself at the same time. Maybe you do know Jesus as your Savior because they and you know that a shadow of a doubt that you would see the difference of Jesus Christ. But you know that 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 you know Thank you. 